Hey family, it's Coach Josh again with another daily play. And like I said in the previous video, it's a new series of daily plays where I'm going to focus on, for those who don't know, my seventh book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, how to continuously discern the difference in every area of your life. And so these videos are going to really talk about how we can be groomed and trained and to be able to properly test the differences of a counterfeit and the counterparts in everything that's presented in our lives. In today's video, we're going to be talking about what is required what is required inside of you to be able to properly or be in position to properly test everything as a funny. But let's get right into the video. And like before we even get into it, for those who's watching this video for the very first time and you like, after you watch this video, like, man, this guy's cool. I like what he's giving. I like how he's rightly dividing the word of truth. I like what he's giving and offering in regards to my personal development, helping me to grow holistically for God's optimum use. And um, if that's the vibe that you feel like you want to be a part of, go ahead and subscribe. I would love to have you a part of my community here on my line. Oh, no, here on my line. But here on my uh, YouTube channel. And I would love to have you part of my community, so subscribe or follow wherever you're listening or watching. I would love to have you part of my community. But for those who's been rocking with me for a long time, whether it's been 12 years, um, two days, or 20 minutes ago that you've been subscribed, thank you for being a part of my community and all your support throughout the years, days, weeks, minutes, or months. I want to say thank you. But while everybody's coming in, do me a big favor. Like this video. Comment on this video. Share this video. Help this video get some traction so we can help other people discern the differences between a counterfeit and a counterpart. Now, I have a lot of points that I want to cover today in a short span of time, so let's get right into it. But what is required to properly test? These four things are required for you to properly test what's in front of you. And of course, coach spelled the word test, T-E-S-T. What is required to properly test? I'm going to go over these really quickly, and then we're going to get into the explanation of them. But what is required to properly test? T, full trust in God. E, emotional intelligence. S, scriptural soundness and sanctification. And lastly, T, thoroughness and past tests. Let's get into full trust in God. Let's read some of the part of my book. Throughout this book, we talked about the importance of fully trusting God and making Jesus the rock you build on. To properly test, you must fully, not partially trust God. You must be anchored in him. You must be fully persuaded on who he is. You must be a friend of his and familiar with his faithfulness. Anywhere you have a partial or no trust in God will be the areas you welcome and accept Satan's counterfeits. If you do not trust God to get you through the season you are in or to match you with your mate, you will be susceptible to flirt with Satan's alternative. Let's break that down. In my book, I talked about the importance of making Christ the rock you built on, build on. And I talked about how the word of God didn't say that Christ was a rock to build on, but the rock to build on. And anytime you look at the different wording, you will see that the word of God was making it very clear that Christ is not a rock to choose from, but he is the rock you should build on, meaning no other rock will be able to be strong enough for you to build on. And in the previous chapters of my book, I talked about the importance of counting on God and the attributes that will build the confidence you need to root your life in him. But I said here in the book, in this part portion of it, is that in order to properly test, you must fully, not partially trust God. You must be anchored in him. You must be fully persuaded on who he is. Knowing God's character will be the concrete premise that will fully persuade you to say, I'm anchoring my life 
on him. If you are partially trusting in God, the areas that you are not trusting God in will be the very areas that you would be susceptible into welcoming, like I said, and accepting Satan's counterfeit. See, Satan is not going to come at the angle where you trust God the most. He's always going to come at the angle where you will question him. That's what he did with Eve, and that's what he does in our life. The Bible is very clear in three angles of the word, the three components that is evident in 1 John, I believe. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For anyone who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Where else have you seen these three things? The lust of the flesh. When Eve looked at the fruit, it said, the Bible says, it looked good for food, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye. The Bible says that when she looked at it, it was uh, something with her eyes. I can't remember right now, uh, but it was enough to make one wise, lust of the eye, and the pride of life, that the fruit uh, will give her a knowledge of good and evil, etc. So that those three angles was also evident in the wilderness against Jesus when Satan tempted Christ to turn the stone into bread. In other words, to uh, the lust of the flesh. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, four nights. Of course, he was hungry. Satan's goal was to get Jesus to make a hard situation soft, to make a hard situation comfortable, to feed himself. But what did Christ say? He says, a man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of mouth of God. That what Christ was saying to us is that we shouldn't get so consumed with trying to feed ourselves, but to be fully fed by the word of God, which would then determine what we should um, endeavor to feed on in life. Then Satan took him to a high pinnacle and said, if you jump off this pinnacle, will not God, the heavenly father, give his angels charge over you? And Jesus began to say that uh, tempt not the Lord thy God. And what he was trying to say was, or what he was being tempted into was to be tempted into showing people who he really was. But what the trick was Satan was trying to get Christ to do was knowing that if Jesus revealed himself prematurely and did not reveal himself ultimately on the cross with blood shed, where there's no blood, there's no remission of sins. So if he displayed himself as God, but never displayed himself as a sacrificial lamb for the sins of the world, then man would not have been saved. So he was tempted to reveal himself. Lastly, Satan began to tempt him um, for the pride of his life. The pride of this life was if you bow your knee to me, I can make you, um, 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 I can give you all the kingdoms of the world. Each of these temptations was tailored to Jesus. The Bible talks about that every person is tempted and drawn away by their own lust. So Jesus was the bread of life. Jesus was the salvation of mankind. Jesus is the Lord of lords and King of kings. But if he would have did those things prematurely, it would not have a resounding effect of those that desperately desire or need a savior. So what he was saying or what he's wanting to paint a picture for us is that we must trust in God Fully. If you do not trust in God fully, the areas that you lack trust in him will be the very angles that the enemy will tempt you to fall away from God and to fall into the traps and snares of the enemy. Anywhere you have a partial or no trust in God will be the areas you welcome and after entertaining accept Satan's counterfeit. If you do not trust God to get you through the season you're in or match you with your mate, you will be susceptible to flirt 
with Satan's alternatives. My question to you is, what areas in your life do you lack trust in God? Because whatever areas you lack trust in God will be the very areas you will welcome another God in your life. Let's keep going. What is also required for you to properly test and have a strong, a long paragraph here is emotional intelligence. Let's read. To indeed be able to discern and test what is in front of you, you must have a strong EQ or in other words, emotional intelligence. By definition, emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, a control of, and express one's emotions and handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. That's a long definition, but we'll break it down soon. We need to know how to interact with ourselves and others. It is crucial that we are constantly aware of our emotional state and how to engage others with empathy and understanding. You must know how to read yourself and others. You must always be mindful of your heart in conjunction with what is presented in front of you. You must be aware of all potential and present idolatries and hidden agendas and be honest with yourself, knowing your abilities and capabilities. You must also know how to read people and know your capabilities in serving them or helping them. Sometimes we make ourselves counterfeit saviors in others' lives rather than pointing and sending them to the one who can actually heal and save them. You must not be so focused on the physical look of a thing that you don't take the time to examine its and yours emotional material. Let's break this down. Emotional intelligence, look at the definition, it says, is the capacity. Each and every one of us should endeavor to have the capacity to be able to embrace and to endure people and situations. It's the capacity to be aware of and in control of and express one's emotions and handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. It's very important that we allow not our capacity, but the capacity of the Holy Spirit. See, you have to understand, you don't have the capacity in your own strength, in your own self. It is only through the Holy Spirit's capacity that we are able to properly, judiciously, and empathetically engage with others and to delegate the right emotions to be able to fit the situation. That's why we got to make sure that we, when we get into an environment, we allow the Holy Spirit to give us the capacity to be the light that we need to be to reveal truth and the salt we need to be to preserve that room. So emotional intelligence is the capacity to be able to be aware of and to be in control of or to know our own emotional state and to actually engage into interpersonal relationships judiciously. We are supposed to judge, a righteous judgment. Th that's why in order for us to properly judge a room or to judge a person, we must first judge ourselves. The Bible says, in order, before you are able to take the speck out of your brother's eye, you must be able to take the, you must first take the beam out of your eye so that in you, in doing so, you will be able to properly know how to take the speck out of another person's eye. That's why I kind of strange when people say, don't judge me, only God can judge me. No, we're supposed to, after judging ourselves, to properly judge you from the capacity of the Holy Spirit through an EQ or an emotional intelligence that gives us the tenderness, the gentleness, the patience, and the right weight and angle of work 
first to be able to properly correct the person in love. Let's keep going. We need to know how to interact with ourselves and others. That's very important. Many of us, the reason why we don't know how to interact with others and know how to test things appropriately and proper is because we don't know how to interact with ourselves. It is crucial that we are constantly aware of our emotional state and how to engage with others with empathy and understanding. You must know how to read yourself and others. You must also be mindful of your heart in conjunction with what is presented in front of you. Every time something is presented in front of you, you must have the emotional intelligence to be mindful of where you are in life, what your temperament is, so that you can modify and moderately uh, 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 modify your temperament, your emotions, so that you can be a proper servant to serve that room. You can't always be on default anger. Your default emotional settings cannot be on worldly or extreme emotions. You got to be able to know how to be self-controlled and how to have an emotional touch. Say, this is not the time to be mad. This is not the time to be sad. This ain't the time to be glad. The Bible says, weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. That we should know how to moderately engage a room because of the compassion of the Holy Spirit and our dependence on him. But you got to always be mindful of your heart. In conjunction with what is presented in front of you, I can't be, I can't allow the, the emotion of frustration to get in the way of my, of what my niece or nephew may need or what my wife may need or what someone may need. I must have the emotion to say, you know what, Holy Spirit, help me to rid these emotions so that I can actually and properly engage with the room that I am in. You must be aware of all potential or present idolatries and hidden agendas, and be honest with yourself, knowing your abilities and capabilities. That's a dense sentence. Let's break it down. You must be always in a state of awareness and dependence on the Holy Spirit to make you aware of all present or potential idols or hidden agendas. It's going to be very hard for you to properly test what's in a room if you haven't test your heart to see if it has idols in it, to test to see if it's got the wrong motives in it, how are you going to be able to properly test a thing if you if your motive and your heart is filled with greed? Because greed will lead you um, to, to accept Satan's counterfeits because of the quick money you can make in it. If lust is a default setting in your heart then and, and you haven't tested it and you haven't rid it out of your heart, then you will quickly accept the relationship because you're uh, inflamed inside of your soul, sexually desiring things, and you will accept the counterfeit because you haven't tested your heart of its present and potential idols and hidden motives or agendas. Because if not, you will allow that to be your capacity that affects your capabilities and your abilities. And then you will engage with Satan's counterfeits um, with, with emboldened lust and emboldened pride and emboldened greed. And you will have no emotional intelligence to say, you know what? I am not in the right place to be in a relationship right now, obviously, because I have these hidden, these prevalent things in my heart that's going to hinder me from being a counterpart in someone else's life. That's why it says, and be honest with yourself. The worst person to lie to is you. Let's keep going. 
You must also know how to read people and know your capabilities in serving them or helping them. Sometimes we make ourselves counterfeit saviors in others' lives rather than pointing them and sending them to the one who can actually save. Oftentimes we get so caught up in our zeal and our abilities that we'll be like, oh, I can save them. Listen, if they wanted to be saved, they'll go to Christ, not you. Some people we're trying to save and we're burning our time. Like I said in the previous video, we're burning our time, burning our energy, um, allowing these people who are unstable in our secret, sacred environments, hindering us from accomplishing our targets because we want to be their saviors. You are not, you're not God enough. You're not, uh, uh, you don't have the capacity to be uh, a person's savior. I close at a certain time. Because back in my day in ministry, I was always there for everyone all the time. And I had no time for what needed my time. Let's keep going. You must not be so focused on the physical look of a thing that you don't take the time to examine its and your yours emotional maturity. You got to say, am I emotionally mature enough to engage? Are they emotionally mature enough for me to partner with? Emotional intelligence is very important. Let's keep going. Scriptural soundness. And sanctification. Let's read. Early in the book, we talked about how Satan aims to throw things higher than your knowledge of God and his word. Jesus showed us how we are to respond to Satan, and that is with the word. The Bible even mentions how our only weapon against the enemy is the word of God. Knowing who God is, who you are in him, and your weaponry, which is the word of God, is vital in understanding the differences between a counterfeit and a counterpart. Soundness means accuracy. It means knowing how to rightly divide or divide rightly. The word of God says in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Every believer, he, hear me, is called to be a theologian. We were not called to be ignorant. You must know the word for yourself. What are the five scriptures that can solve and aid in your current situation? And five, oh, oh, here it is. What are five scriptures you can use to combat whatever it is in your life? Satan loves a soldier with no bullets. What do you have in the chamber? Let's break that down, man, for teaching sake. Early in my book, I talked about how Satan will aim to throw things higher than knowledge of God. Um, the Bible says to cast down vain arguments or vain imaginations in every thought that rises against it rises itself against the knowledge of God. And I talked about it in my book and in previous videos, how if your knowledge of God is right here, Satan will throw uh, his uh, counterfeit ideologies this high because your lack of knowledge of God, your lack of trust in God, your lack of awareness of God is how high he'll throw his counterfeit illusions. And what he'll does, he will he'll do say, he will always say, did God really say? Or, or surely you won't die in this situation. And if you don't know God enough, if your fellowship with God is poor, then you will welcome his counterfeit because you're not sound in the scriptures of God. It is very pivotal that you and I um, become sound in the word of God. In the wilderness, the, Jesus did not respond to Satan from what John the Baptist message. He didn't respond to Satan uh, for the sermon notes in John the Baptist's sermon. 
exegeticalness, right? He didn't respond for, for what he got from the Pharisees. He responded by the word of God for he was the word of God. And we have the spirit of God that knows the depths of God. And from the depths of God, we can upload everything that has been downloaded by the spirit of God. And we can respond to every situation with the scripture of God. But you won't be able to properly test in front of you if you don't even know the word of God. If you don't have the word of God in front of you often and daily, then you won't be able to properly test what's in front of you often and daily. That's why we got to study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. See, man, when you know the word of God for yourself, you will never find yourself in shame because you know that the word of God works and you will be able to rightly divide the word of truth so that it can help you walk in truth. And I said right here, every believer is called to be a theologian. You can't trust me to feed you. You got to be a theologian. We wasn't called to be ignorant. We was called to be uh, um, informed, equipped. Let's keep going. Um, next point. What are the five scriptures that can solve and aid in your current situation? What are five scriptures you can use to combat blank? What is it that you're fighting right now? Do you know five scriptures verbatimly, quickly, to combat what you're facing? If not, you are vulnerable. My last sentence here under uh, soundness or scriptural soundness. Satan loves a soldier with no bullets. What do you have in the chamber? Satan will always come at you because he knows you, you don't got nothing to clip. He don't got nothing in the chamber. She don't got nothing in the chamber. And you're wondering why you're defeated in life. You wonder why you're accepting counterfeits. It's because you have nothing in the clip. Let's get to our next point in regards to sanctification. To properly test, you must be deep in the sanctification process of the spirit of God, meaning allowing him to mature you and produce fruit in you. Babes in Christ cannot recognize or are not are able to recognize the difference between a counterfeit or a counterpart due to their lack of understanding or and maturity. That is why we must allow the Holy Spirit to prune and groom us so that we are mature enough to recognize a counterfeit or a counterpart immediately. That's very important. Each and every one of us are in different depths of sanctification. Some of us are shallowly in the sanctification process. Some of us are deep in it. The deep doesn't it doesn't mean that you're better than the ones in the shallow. It just means that you have enough uh, 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 you have enough experience, you have enough education, you have enough understanding of what comes with the life of the Holy Spirit, what comes with life and salvation. But you got to allow the Holy Spirit to draw you deeper in the pruning process. See, it's not that we need more of the Holy Spirit. It's that, it's that we need, or is that we need more of the Holy Spirit. What I mean by that is that we don't need more of him. We need him to have more of us, meaning that we have to open the various doors in our hearts and welcome the Holy Spirit to clean those areas, to renew the way we think, to renew the way we see and, uh, and how we remember, to renew the way we create ideas, to renew the way we gain knowledge, to renew the way um, um, that we feel, etc. 
If not, we won't be able to properly test. And you will test an obstacle as a, a, as an enemy versus a help. And the deeper you go into the things of God, you will be able to do what James says, count it all joy when you go through or meet various trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing in your faith produces patience. And when patience has had a perfect work, you will be complete, whole, lacking nothing. A person that's a babe will look at a trying time or a trial as an enemy versus a help. But when you have, when you go deeper, the scriptures come become more alive. And then you will say, oh, I count this joy because I know that God is preparing me, testing my faith, strengthening my faith so that patience can have a deeper and perfect work in me so that I can be become more whole, complete and lacking in nothing or become aware that I lack nothing so that I can be better in engaging the world that I'm in. That's what scriptural soundness does and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring you into the depth of sanctification. What that does, my friend, it helps you to properly test and say, you know what? I know what the word of God says about this, so I'm not going to accept this in my life. Let's keep going. What is also required to properly test what's in front of you? Thoroughness and past tests. Let's read. To properly test what's in front of you must be thorough, dotting every I and crossing every T. You must be detailed and diligent. You must also have some past tests or victories under your belt. The taste of success will keep you from wanting to taste defeat. When you have experienced God's goodness and a favor that comes through faithfulness, you will not want to taste anything contrary. Tasting and experiencing one counterpart will make you not want to taste a counterpart. Now, what does that mean? To properly test what's in front of you, you must be thorough. Growth is in the details. The devil's in the details. The devil knows when you overlook the details. Therefore, he can get his tail into the details of your life, causing sabotage. You got to be a person that's thorough. You got to be a person that dots every I, cross every T, that you are, are, are keen to what's going on, that you're not ignorant of Satan's devices. If you're not thorough and you don't look at the details of your own life, then different things will creep into your life, causing sabotage. You got to be thorough. You got to you got to examine everything. I examine everything. It don't matter what emotion creeps up and out of the mouth of my niece. I'm on top of that or whatever creeps out of the mouth of my nephew. I'm on top of that or any person that's in my vicinity because I know that that I am. I am at the bottom of this family tree and the roots from me is in the word of God. And as a man over my household and everyone connect to it, I got to be thorough so that no counterfeiting ideology can creep in the mind of my niece. No counterfeit ideology can creep in the mind of my nephew. And so that as they grow and as me being one of the anchor pillars of this family tree, I'm thorough enough to make sure no counterfeit can creeps in life. And also in my own life, I am thorough because I know that any moment where I am, that I'm, I'm less engaged or, or I get caught up in the emotional whirlwinds of life, I got to be on top of that to make sure that I don't set myself up down the road. Most people are not thorough enough. The enemy, the, you thought you fell in the trap today, but you fell into the trap weeks ago. The enemy has different types of traps. You think that, oh, you fell into pornography. Oh, you fell into that man's bed. Oh, you just fell into this situation. This addiction out of nowhere. No, you fell into it years ago, months ago with the first subtle suggestion from the enemy that brought you down the path that then you fell into an awareness that you was caught in an addiction. That's why you got to be thorough because the enemy will creep in any and every kind 
of way. But I'm telling you, my friend, you got to be detailed and diligent. You got to stand, therefore, and see the salvation. You got to withstand in that evil day, girding your, your loins with truth. You got to make sure that you're diligent and that you discipline. In order for you um, to really uh, uh, properly test what's in front of you, you must be a disciplined individual. I hope this video was a blessing to you, my friend. I hope it really kind of put you in a mindset where you like, yo, am I really in position to properly test? And if you're not, then don't welcome anything in your life. Depend on the Holy Spirit as he grows you and develops you the person where you're actually able to um, be self-sufficient in the sufficiency of Christ, where you're able to take from what you've learned and engage with the Spirit of God and able to determine the things. But I'm telling you, my friend, what's in front of you right now? You must look inside and you say, am I mature enough to properly test this thing? If not, let me examine where I lack trust in God. Let me examine what I have here, my emotional intelligence. Let me examine my scriptural soundness and my and my um, uh, sanctification depth in regards to where I am with God. Am I thorough? Am, have I passed any tests? What did I learn from those past tests? That also helps you determine what's in front of you. Have you had any victories? Because when you taste the counterpart, you're going to be like, I can't mess with you. I done seen the salvation of God. I done seen what that did in someone else's life. And so many people, you got to be thorough in your eyes. You got to be more thorough with your eyes than you are with your feet. And what I mean by that is you got to be more thorough with your eye. Don't learn from the classroom of experience. Choose to learn from the classroom of observation. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Be more thorough with your eyes and say, you know what? My feet will not find themselves there. Coach loves you. Hope this video helped you. Get my book today, Counterfeiter Counterpart, my friend. It'll help you uh, uh, understand how you can properly discern the difference in air between a counterfeit and counterpart in every area of your life. You can get it now on Amazon. There's more books and more resources on my website as well. Uh, on Amazon, it's my seventh book. So other books will help you with that. Um, the Purpose of Freedom will help you with soul ties. The Purpose of Singleness will help you with um, um, singleness and what to perceive whether you're whole or not. Um, but go on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I'm sure I'm going to have a graphic up here somewhere. And you'll be able to get those resources there. I love you. I'll see you in the next video and what to look for in testing what's in front of you. i see y'all next time. Run these plays well. They got plays in the book. It's going to help you, my friend, to be successful. I love y'all. See y'all next time. Peace.